Craft Beer Radio, episode 164, recorded on June 8th, 2010. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio. We're spewing out podcasts like DP spewing out oil. I'm Greg Weiss. In other words, we're doing a lot of them this this last couple weeks. Yes. And um, that's Jeff Bear. I am Jeff Bear. Yes, indeed. You should know that by now. Come on, get with it. And I guess tonight's going to be the celebration of our anniversary. Since last time we didn't know it was our anniversary, when indeed it was our anniversary. <laughs> So we got some anniversary-worthy so beers here tonight. Let's do an anniversary beer. Absolutely. Or a beer worthy of it. Yes. Let's do one that was uh, sent in by the brewery. And it is appropriately a 21st anniversary beer from right. Carl Strauss. This Carl. is an ale brewed with Zinfandel grape juice. Belgian yeast. Big dose of Vienna and caramel malts. Asian month on American oak, ten point two percent alcohol by volume, twenty eight IBUs. Yikes! Sounds like a lot of flavor. Grape juice, oak, ten percent Belgian yeast. The uh, grape juice is added during fermentation. It smells wine like with hints of uh, almost like a Belgian double. Yeah, I mean, I'm, the first thing I got was uh, a fresh oak smell. You know, like not not bourbon oak, but definitely like fresh oak. I don't know whether French or American or whatnot, mm-hmm. but but a fresh oak smell. And then yeah, a little bit of the, you know the grape flavors coming through. So it is it's a little whiny, but the Belgian yeast is coming through too, right? Yeah, and it gives it that dried fruit aroma. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I'm trying to think of you know what it came across as, but really drawing a blank on that one. It doesn't smell like a lambic or anything. It doesn't. I mean, the fruit side of it, like, think of a really fruited, you know, fruit lambic maybe, but I mean, that's about it. None of the sourness or tartness from it. The color is 24 SRM, which is about oh, you reddish know it, brown. Oh, sorry. You know what it does remind me vaguely of, the flavor? That's the, um, that Omegang adoration I had down at Savor. You tasted it already? You said the flavor. I, I thought I said aroma. <laughs> no. My my brain said aroma. Oh, the more I smell this, the better it smells. It just gets better and better with the aroma. I said smell that time, right? Yes. Okay, good. You've had a taste, though. That, that doesn't is, suck. No. That is, it, it's, it's different because you kind of expect something a little bit almost like a wine, mm-hmm. but it really comes across as a, like I said, like a fruited Belgian double almost uh, with some more vinous quality. And then the oak really does kind of I kind think, of taking some of the edge from the alcohol. I mean, a 10.2% is pretty high. Mm-hmm. And the oak mellows it out. So. Excuse the thumping the microphone. The, um, I think the oak me- it tones down the fruit, too. So I think it keeps the fruit from being too sweet. Mm-hmm. It gives you, you know, more, a lot of vanilla quality yeah, yeah. To, uh, to those Vienna and caramel malts. To, yeah, definitely crash the the sourness that the grape might offer. Oh, wow. The second sip was better than the first. This thing just, this thing is really good. It almost feels like a beer that's kind of coated in a vanilla e-oak, you know? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> it's like there's there's a coating around the beer itself of oak. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's pretty damn good. Not much hops or bitterness that is apparent, right? It's no. in there and playing a balancing IBUs, role. Twenty eight I mean, not so it's not a high, especially for ten point two. That's pretty low. Yeah, it's playing a balancing role, but really they're showcasing the malts, the juice, and the oak. In These the uh, were started to be available in March twenty ten, so you should be able to get some. Still, twenty two ounce bottles. Brown bottle. It's got a uh, sort of black and white label. The top is black. The bottom is uh, white or tannish. It's got uh, Car- the Carl Strauss logo in the middle, which kind of looks like a Jack Daniels logo if you don't have never seen it before. Uh, and it's got a big red grape bundle, and the rest is black and white. And it's the 21st anniversary at the top. If you're looking for it, you could also go to carlstrauss.com. So I don't know if you were reading marketing speak on the website there but listen to this and it's remarkably similar to the descriptors you were giving here so we created something unique with old vine zinfandel grape juice added during fermentation to give the brew a subtle vinous quality belgian yeast imparts a dried fruit to the nose in the nose Check. And a big dose of Vienna and caramel malts yield a dry, warming finish. I mean, that is in front of me, but I I may have read that. So I mean, that's yeah, I mean, exactly a couple of the adjectives and verbs you used. I so just, I mean, I was I was just scanning that for uh, the data, but I may have just used uh, that. So I I can't take credit for it because it's right there. Uh, okay, I was just saying, you know, you were remarkably close to their descriptor on that one. Yeah, it even says oak to take the edge off. You <laughs> said so I probably just <laughs> you're just parroting yeah. the big propaganda from the brewery, huh? Sell out. If selling out is bad, why does this taste so good? <laughs> it's true. They sent it to us, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. This is very, very good. I like it a lot. I do, too. Oh, and the alcohol is hidden. This, there's no way this is a 10% beer, right? I mean, this tastes like a 7% beer, 6.5? I don't know. I can taste it. I can taste the high alcohol. The, the, the oak is doing a good job of... Hiding the burning of the alcohol, but it's not hiding the alcohol itself. Uh, I think it's hiding it for me. This beer would sneak up on me. <laughs> now I can tell it's pretty heavy. Carl Strauss, twenty-first anniversary ale. Well, let's move on. Okay, so let's go on to a brewery that has impressed us a lot over the uh, last year, and that is uh, Williamsburg Ale Works. Okay. Most recently tasted on our coffee show, their coffee mm-hmm. stout reporter. And then also tasted on our barley wine show. And previously tasted on shows earlier in the year. Here we have an aged American. This is their Wolf's Trap Ale. Wolf Trap being a uh, theater in Northern Virginia. Pretty uh, famous one I've been to before a couple times. Wolf Trap is an American strong ale, 8.4% alcohol by volume. I bought this at the Grape and Gourmet last summer when I was down there for vacation in Virginia Beach. It was $6.49, and this is bottle 1155 out of 2007. It's one of their Brewmasters uh, Reserve Selection beers. Mm-hmm. So again, we're going to be pondering, did they do 2007 bottles because this beer was made in 2007, or is it newer? <laughs> we don't know. So the color is even an even darker sort of reddish than than the last one, reddish brown. Again, another one that's is not big on clarity, mm-hmm. but that's okay. When you call it a, you know American strong ale. It pours this color. 
it it looks like arrogant bastard right the Ooh. color it's it's just the same kind of color as that big tea color dark tea smell the cherry figs mm-hmm it's quite possible it's uh three years old it's it has an oxidized aroma but not cardboard right, it, it's right. the complex fruit you know dark fruit cherries figs like you were saying aroma this beer could be three years old there's also some toffee there like an english toffee <laughs> you're not lying we're drinking these beers tonight out of our giant modit snifters these are some of the modit. best glasses modit yeah modit modit okay um, big bowl. These catch aroma better than just about any glass I have. Ooh, that smells good, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I guess you know it, it doesn't say much. You say, "Oh, it smells good." Uh, of course, it smells good. We're trying to drink a, a good selection of beers. Big barley wine flavor mm. on this thing. It, it definitely tastes like an aged barley wine. Lots of sweet, syrupy malt. There's the hops. Come in a little bit late and actually recedes to a sort of a bit of a caramel toffee ish flavor. But about midway through, mm-hmm. there's a strong, uh, high alpha kind of hop hitting me right in like the, the back of my tongue. I'm not getting that. I'm getting a, a you know, a, a good supporting bitter on it. Keep the beer from being too sweet because there's so much sweetness in the mold on this mm-hmm. beer. The bitter balances it out, but I'm not really getting any kind of. Um, accents on the on the hops that are saying you know, you know, aggressive or, or any kind of flavor really. It's just the bitterness I'm getting. Well, I guess I would say aggressively bitter. It feels like mm-hmm. it, it. It feels like a, a pretty strong bitterness. Yeah, I'm more sip it, it. It the more the bitterness is laying a foundation, right? But again, I think it's just a big part of the balance on this one. I think it's. A, I think it's a little actually. The hops are overdoing it a bit they're overdoing the bitterness even with some of the oxidation on here the hops are dominating well don't forget this isn't an english barley wine it's an american strong ale so right okay. right now i'm i know that i'm not looking at the barley wine i'm looking at it as a as a whole mm-hmm. as as whether you know i i appreciate it or not. and i still five years into the game have not fully come around to a beer that just lays bitterness on your tongue and has mm-hmm. other things to sort of port, support it, but the bitterness is the primary flavor. And I really think that bitterness is what's really coming through most for me now. Even though it's got all these wonderful flavors around it, I think that the bitterness is distracting me from all those wonderful flavors. I still feel it. Mm-hmm. That's the, that. I still feel this bitterness on my tongue, and I don't feel any other flavors except for just this deep bitter. Okay. The aroma for me continues to be wonderful. I'm getting this, like... That was great. Cherries and, you know, like sweet cherries and caramel. You know, like... I don't know, you, you cook the cherries in the caramel or something. I don't know, but it just has this wonderful, slightly tart and sweet aroma. Flavor is a lot of the same kind of cherry flavor. It's certainly an oxidation character going on, but it it's just comes across so well. It's this, it's this cherries, there's a little bit of zing to it, probably from the CO2 playing with it. And then it... it, it it goes into this solid malt backbone for me. I, it's really nicely carbonated too. It's got this, you know, sort of creamy texture. Very fine it. carbonation. You know, I'm. I, I would have to really disagree with Greg on this one, saying that it's bracingly bitter. And, you know, and building down. I'm getting. I'm hitting it from the other side of the park, where it's all 
sweet and there's just enough bitterness to balance it. I mean, I'm tasting a lot of the sweetness, but the bitterness is what stays with me. That sure. That's what lasts and everything else goes away and all you get then is this building sort of bitterness on sure. your tongue. And that is not to me all that right, and right. not nearly as impressive as the other flavors that are going around with it. Right. I understand what you're saying. I'm just letting the listeners know from you know, the counterpoint that I, I, uh, I'm seeing it a different way. And you're allowed and you all are allowed to. I hope you're drinking along with us. So if this beer was indeed made in 2007, I bet you it had a lot more bitterness to it, Greg. I bet you would have really had a problem with it then. I bet you it was closer to um, Arrogant Bastard or Double Bastard if it's, you know, three years ago. Probably, because the hops would diminish over time. Yeah. Bitterness drops in, the hop flavor drops, so. Hmm. You really wouldn't have liked it fresh. Probably not. I probably would have been almost offended by it. <laughs> I'm not so much now, but I do think that it. If you're not into the big, if you're like into arrogant bastard, I think this would go great. I think that you would not be disappointed. All right, so let's move on to the beer that I picked up the very first time I was in Asheville, North Carolina. And this is some J.W. Lee's Harvest. Ale matured in Calvados casks, brewed in 2006. This is a, they have a vintage Harvest Ale. It's a big barley wine they produce every year. And they also have uh, versions that they bottle, condi- that they, uh, sorry, that they put, cask, cask that they cask condition in various casks, including sherry, port, whiskey, or Calvados. And this is a Calvados one. Right. When I was at Philly Beer Week last year, I had a firkin right out right out of the cask of of one of these JWE Lees. I can't remember which one it was. It may have been the Calvados. So it's a firkin. A firkin is kind of a cask that you um, use gravity to pour right on the bar top. So it's kind of like it's like a cask, but instead of using a beer engine to pump it up into your glass and you know they typically have a sparkler tip on the on the uh the end of the cask which Mm -hmm. infuses it turbulates the the beer to give it a more creamy head um a firkin is you put the keg on its side on top of the bar you hammer in a spigot and you vent the top and you just pour it right out of the keg i see and tom um tom from monk's cafe you know buys a couple of these casks and they're little quarter barrel casks. They're only three, four, three and a half, four gallons, little mm. things. But he buys them from J.D. Lee's and for like the beer, we can tap them. And, you know, they'll just pour them until they're gone. Good stuff. Hopefully, hopefully you'll see how good here in just a second. 11.5% alcohol by volume. It's at a 9.3 ounce bottle. So it's a little bit smaller than your average beer bottle. The color is much more of a copperish than reddish. Still a little dark, but not quite. More like a penny. Bought this beer at Bruce and Ales in Asheville, North Carolina. Julie Atala is, and um, Jason Atala are the proprietors. And they are hell of a friendly people. Go go there and just say, hey, heard about you on Craft Beer Radio, and she'll give you the... uh, Two dudes of Asheville. My lord, you can get drunk just by smelling this. So, Calvados, is that a tequila, Greg? It's an apple brandy. It indeed is a French apple brandy. 
made in Normandy. The aroma is, is hard to put words to because it doesn't smell like your your English barley wine. Doesn't smell like an apple brandy, really. There's there's an apple hint there, particularly once you once you said apple. But I would more associate that with darker fruit than I would typically apple. I think it's just mm-hmm. you know I hear apple, so I say okay, yeah, I guess I could pick out the apple in there. I mean, maybe there's a touch of of green apple skins or something like that in the aroma. You know, have you ever peel an apple and then like eat eat the skins? Of course. Yeah, I think maybe a little bit of green apple skin type aroma. You got that? Like f- the green apple flavor in the aroma. Ay ay ay. Take a sip, buddy. If I had to use one word, I'd have to start with complex, right? Because there is about twenty thousand things going on there. Whoa. Yeah, as soon as you think you got it down. It comes at you from another angle. I mean, it starts out barley wine, right? English barley wine. You're like, oh, this is this is good English barley wine. You know, it's interesting. I didn't smell that malt. But then it comes through and you get apples. And then, you know, I got this, like, chili pepper and all it's, kinds. It's, it's pretty wow. There's some, some molasses and chili pepper. This is a wow beer. It's pretty. This is that is. You might have to, you know, put the, uh, yeah, the might have to bleep out a pretty f- good or something. <laughs> Looks like you just did. That is really complex, and it's hard to say. Oh wow, that is amazing! It's just so complex. But in terms of you should try this, which is really what the Wow Beer is all about. Mm-hmm. You should try this. You should try this. It's ten dollars for a nine ounce bottle, but it's worth it. You should try this. Yeah. <laughs> this is wow. That is something unique and different and pretty spectacular in its own way. Yeah, this is not the one that I had last year in Philly Beer Week. I want to say it was in a whiskey barrel. It may have been in a Sherry Scot- Port whiskey or Calvados. So it could have been whiskey. Yeah. It may have been in a Scotch whiskey barrel, like a Lagavulin or Lafroig. I wouldn't have recognized those whiskey makers uh, at that time. You know, I've gotten into Scotch. This afterwards. is also brewed in 2006. So this yeah. is a four-year-old beer. In yeah. addition to being awesome, to being awesome. So it's got that deep character from aging, it's and awesome. it doesn't really taste any in any way oxidized. Yeah, it's just so much. I mean, I've just got things flying through my head here. I got, you know, a little bit of almond. I got a little bit of of, um, cherry pits. I got a little bit of... It's so different, and it's just... I'm sure that Calvinus adds a lot. I'm really not sure what the other ones taste like. We're talking about the J.W. Lee's Harvest Ale Matured in Calvados Casks, brewed in 2006. I mean, we can only talk about the 2006 version, but I imagine any of the ones that are aged in Calvados are going to have a lot of these qualities. Maybe they may not have as deep the complexity, mm-hmm. but it'll still have a lot of these qualities to it. J.W. Lee's is a, an English brewery, like you said, and it's brewed, in Greengate, brewed at Greengate Brewery in Middleton, Manchester, and it's imported by B United Incorporated. You want to talk about hiding alcohol? Yeah. This one really hides the 11.5 not in the aroma but in the t- in the flavor mm-hmm. I would have a hard time picking it I mean I I mm-hmm. can feel it but I can't 
taste it. I'm getting the apple flavor more and more as I taste it now, right? Uh, maybe as it's warming up or volatilizes, I'm getting more green apples. Abs- definitely green apples, though, but I'm getting more of it. I don't want to I'm I'm torn because I, I want to say something kind of reminiscent of a green apple Jolly Rancher, but that's such a fake flavor. Yeah, way I, too sweet and not, not really representative yeah. of what this is. Use of hops in this is perfect. Just the right amount to give enough to give it some balance and some bitterness, but to really let the sweetness come through. Does not lay the bitterness on. There's some particles in the beer. It's got some particulate matter in it. There's probably some sediment and stuff. Yeah. It's been four years. Yeah, it looks like it's just some yeast or something. You wouldn't want the beer filtered. It wouldn't last that long. No, no, I'm just saying. I'm just pointing it out. Observation. That's yummy, man. You're waiting for me. I'll, I'll have to hurry up here. I got. It's just you know you just hate to rush that last sip, you know. I understand. Yeah, it's probably all gone now, right? A There's a little bit left for you there. All right, now we're going to move on to. You said 2006. Jeez, that's an old beer. How does Jeff keep those beers around for so long? Well, we are moving on to Allagash Odyssey, ale aged in oak barrels, brewed February 2005. This is uh, there was 455 cases bottled. This is a 10.4 percent alcohol beer. We got one pint, 9.4 fluid ounces or 750 milliliters, as you may know if you speak metric. Pour slowly into a wide mouth glass. Let's. Oh, you already rinsed. Let me rinse before we. Um, before I cork this thing. A portion of the beer is aged on New American medium toast oak. Another portion is just aged in stainless steel for more than six months. They then blend the two together to taste and bottle condition, adding additional yeast and candy sugar. Second edition in their Barrel Age series. Probably be hard to find this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I bought this, I think, right after we started Craft Beer Radio. So this is so appropriate. Perfect. I put it in the fridge like a year ago because I wanted to get to it. And uh, I never is, had a yeah. good opportunity. This is a show I really wish you had smell a radio and taste a radio. Yeah. This cork is in here tight. It's been a while. It's been five years. This cork is in here really tight. I'm just going to take my eye out. <laughs> oh, and I just broke the cork off. I'm going to have to get a corkscrew. Okay, corkscrew procured and... Here we go. It came out one piece. There you go. I was worried the cork was going to rip apart there for a little bit. Okay. This is the darkest one of the night. This appears a close to... Close to dark blackish brown. 
I can see myself in it. So I think I already said, but 10.4% alcohol in this one, so this added up to a pretty high alcohol show. You're not kidding. Now, irony here, the first beer we had was actually made with grape juice. This one is the most vinous smelling of them all. I'm getting a little bit of that. Actually, less less now. It was the first around yeah. I took, but it, it's here. Smell the cork. It smelled a lot like the cork at first. Mm-hmm. Although that still sounds a little corky. No, yeah, still the first thing I'm getting is a sort of vinous slash alcohol quality. I'm getting a smoked aroma, also like uh, behind. You, behind you smell smoke and everything. <laughs> it's it's on a medium toast oak, so there is some smoke in there. The cork is a big smell. Hopefully that doesn't um, cause us problems later on in the uh, evaluation here. It really sucked to age a beer for five years just to find out that the cork had some mold growing in it, you know? That would suck, but it's not unprecedented. It may have taken on some flavor from the cork, but there's also a lot... Ooh, there, I'm tasting a smoke in there. Okay, good. Yeah. This is one... I'm t- definitely tasting some smoke, almost tasting smoke, smoke malt. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, really deep, dark chocolate and some smoke in there. And yeah, like yes, yeah, I'm. I gotta think there's some smoke in there, but they don't say so. They don't say so. I, I, it's hard to say because it's not really. It's it's more like peat smoke, right? It, it's um, kind of scotchy in the smoke, as opposed to you know um, Rausch malt or something like, along those lines. Getting a lot big again, a big cherry flavor. Again, another five year old beer. There's going to be some oxidation there. It's a dark colored beer. Nutmeg. Okay. Right and um, those dark fruits that you always think of raisin plum. I was staying away from you know trying to pull out raisins and cherries because they weren't really exactly how it was hitting me. Right, right. It, w- it was hitting me more of oxidized cherries, maybe um, clove. Cherries, oh yeah, cherries like soaked in some kind of uh, liquor. Clove, um, fennel, getting a little bit of fennel in there, maybe. More clovey, I think. Okay. Maybe a little bit of, of minty effervescence or something in the aroma. Maybe that's why I was pulling fennel out. I think some of that might be the alcohol. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty high. Again, what was this again? This was 11.5? Uh, no, 10%. 10. 10.4. 10.4. I think also, like, uh, uh, really crusty bread. Some of that malt is coming through with, you know, this... Like a really crusty, maybe a French bread or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just the crust part, not the bread right. part. Right. And yeah, something, you know, yeah, something with a hard crust, like you know, something with an egg wash, and then it cooked kind of dark, right? Yeah. Hmm. Pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, it, it, especially, it, especially as that f- oak, uh, not oak, that corky flavor, kind of. 
dissipates. It does, yeah. And the rest of it comes through. I think we're just kind of getting used to the quirky flavor uh-huh. and not noticing it. I don't think it volatilizes out. I just think we're not picking it up. Well, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Same same net effect, right? Yeah. Um, does it taste Belgian-y at all? Or is it... I think that's, you know, yeah, I think that that's the yeast coming through is like the clovey right. part. And like I said, you know, maybe the nutmeg and maybe a little bit of pepperiness. And like you said, maybe a little bit of fennel too. Right. Just. I'm just curious because for an Allagash beer, this is the Allagash Odyssey brewed in 2000, February 2005. It, 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 for an Allagash beer, it doesn't have a lot of the character that I come to expect from Allagash, right? It's 2005. I mean, mm-hmm. it's an old. That's just why I asked you about if you were getting Belgian character or not. That that's neither here nor there about the quality or the you know how much I'm enjoying the beer. How much are you enjoying the beer, Jeff? How much am I enjoying the beer? It's uh, it's not the best thing I drank tonight, but it, it's um, it's pretty enjoyable. On a scale of um, one to two, how many give it a two? Is one good or two good? Two's good. Okay. <laughs> scale of one to two, if two's, if, if one is I, the I worst should... thing I've ever tasted, disgusting, make you throw up, and two is like tasting Have the you... creator itself, it's a two. <laughs> it's closer to On a that two. digital scale, right, you know, right, on that right. very digital scale. We should have used zeros and ones. But, you know. <laughs> we invented a new, t- new type of computer tonight. The um, the barrel's coming through more for me now. And the more I taste it, the more I'm surprised that it's fresh oak and not scotch barrels. It has a smoky flavor. It tastes like it came out of a scotch barrel, you know? I do. I mean, I really do think the smoke comes through. Like I said, you... I sometimes think that you overdo, you oversmell smoke sometimes. Not in this one. All right. You are catching it right on the nose. I wasn't believing it, but then but, I taste it and it came through big time. Like, you know, we had fresh oak in the, the first beer, or, yeah, the 21st uh, anniversary from Carl Strauss, right? And that had that very distinct fresh oak flavor. And this one, you know, we went from fresh oak to the lees with the apple brandy. Right, and then we went back to fresh oak, and it, it just tasted like a an Islay scotch, you know, something like a big smoky scotch. The barrel, it's, the barrel component of yeah. the flavor is what I'm saying. This one's pretty good, pretty good. I think that uh, well, you'll see in my ranking because that's next. It is next. I almost want to pull out another beer, but the alcohol's starting to catch up to me. Let's not go over. I think now. we need to stop. So, I guess I'll go first. Go ahead. It's all yours. Number one. By a mile. Even with the great beers we had tonight, this one's number one by a mile. J.W. Lee's. J.W. was... All the way. And just super complex. Super fascinating. Quite an incredible beer right there. Yep, that's the one that's aged in Calvados barrels. But I've had two of them now, and I think I, it's probably a safe bet. If you can get a reserve that's aged in any barrel from J.W. Lee's, you should give it a try. It will be strange if you're disappointed. Very strange. Uh, I'm going to go with the 
Odyssey from Allagash right next to beautiful beer. Delicious flavors. I mean, I still think the Lees is like miles ahead of it. It's like streets mm-hmm. ahead. <laughs> it is streets ahead. So, but the Allagash, but it's very, very good. I mean, if you can get it, and I don't know how available it is. Probably not. If you don't have it in your cellar, you ain't getting it. Yeah. So, but pretty good. Pretty, pretty good do it. And then uh, Carl Strauss, because I did like the complex scene here. I liked the way it was done. And um, this didn't have his t- the time to age like any of the other ones. And so very good. That uh, one would it'd be interesting to see how that one would age. It, it's, I mean, the alcohol, 10, 10 something is, is probably enough. It was a the big ruby colored to it, didn't it? I, I was gonna say it was gonna be a little light in the color for something that ages forever, but I think it might mellow a lot. It might, you know, it might even melt together as it as it ages. I think it would age pretty well. Finally, the wolf trap at the end. I just really didn't like the bitterness. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it went way overboard in terms of the bitterness component, and you know, especially for a beer that's four years old. I mean, to still for me to still be tasting the bitterness now, and for that to be dominating the beer now means that if it was fresh I probably would not have liked it at all. As it was, I thought it was okay, but it was definitely the last, my least favorite of the night. I I am conflicted and tormented on my rankings, right? I mean, this is, for me, surely a hard luck loser. And I knew you were going to have a comment because I said how good the fourth place beer was. You're allowed to. I know. It's your own ranking, man. Uh, so my number one beer is the J.W. Lee's Harvest. It is a wow beer. And no question. don't let the price tag scare you off. If you're at Bruise Nails or someplace that carries these J.W. Lee's Harvest aged in something barrels, give it the $10 a try because it's pretty freaking good. And Julie told me it was pretty freaking good. And that's why I bought it. And then I put it in the cellar for a year. And it's still pretty freaking good. It's already selling for yeah four yeah. So so next, I'm going to put the the Carl Strauss. I, I like the Odyssey, but the Carl Strauss just was more luscious. I would say for me, it was really inviting me to take more and more sips. The the vanilla, the cherry, the the gra- the vanilla, the grapes, the Caramel, very well put together, and uh, it was like a it was like a vanilla wrapped beer, like we it like was. Yeah. When we first started tasting these Carl Strauss beers, I had a certain opinion, and then they keep sending them to us, and because they're free, I love them. No, they keep just getting better and better. The the. Uh, What's that IPA they sent us? It has a surfing thing. Big curl tunnel, tunnel IPA, I think, or something was uh, was good. And uh, we did another Carl Strauss recently, and, but this one, this one is is outstanding. Uh, number three, I'm going to put the Allagash Odyssey. I've you know been aging this thing forever, just waiting for the right time to break it out. And tonight was the right time. It was good and complex. It just didn't have that lusciousness the first two had. And then the Wolf's Trap Ale, I'm going to put it as a hard luck loser. I, I liked it. I really did like it. It had a great oxidized character to it that 
just was delicious. Being 2007, you can't get it. You'll never find it. If they make Wolf's Trap again, it's going to be three years before it tastes that good. So I, I just had to put it put it in the uh, the fourth place. Hell of a lineup for our fifth anniversary redo. I think you did. That'll never happen again. <laughs> Ever. Don't be, you know, I, I think give a trillion years, it could happen again. A trillion? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think even our descendants will be doing craft beer radio at that point. But. Who knows? Thank who, you. Who knows what the demand will be like a trillion years from now? Thank you, everybody, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. And God willing, we'll be here in another five years doing this kind of thing over again. Let's hope. Five times around the sun. Let's hope you guys haven't got sick of us ten, five more years from now. Who would have thought? Let's get a little retrospective now, right? All right. Just real quick. Just two minutes on retrospection. Okay. Hey, Greg. I've heard these beer podcasts, and they suck. Would you like to try to do one with me? Sure. I want to be heard. That was like May 20th, 2005. Something like that. So we said, hey, let's do this show where, um, let's record a show. And just not plan on posting it, because it'll probably suck. Let's drink a bunch of double IPAs because we're <laughs> hopheads. <laughs> Let's drink Stouts IPA, Dogfish Head 90 Minute. Oh, what was the other beer? We did one more beer that night. Uh, or did we just do two? We might have just done two. We might have just done two. I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. I think we just did two, actually. Hey, this show doesn't suck that bad. Let's post it. And now we're uh, 164 episodes later. Five years. You've gone through two kids. Almost two kids. And I've gone through th- three jobs. So. <laughs> <laughs> so have you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So have you. Yep. Wow. Puts it in perspective, doesn't it? We're old. We are old. All right, that's more than two minutes. we got to get out of here. People don't care. But post-show, they don't have any right to speak. So that's where we're the bosses. <laughs> we uh, hope uh, you guys listen to uh, 168 more, whatever it is. 168, 164. Uh, 314's going to be a special episode. Oh, 3.14. It's the pie episode. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Craft Beer Radio. The theme music is Money or Time from The Lights Out. Email us, beer at craftbeerradio.com, or follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash jeffbear and twitter.com slash gmwise. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. Money or time, but you never get away.